Hi everybody, my name is Landon Arenas. Thanks for listening to episode 124 of the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Welcome to the Vortex Apologetic, where substance reigns over mindless entertainment. Because biblical truth matters in a profound, timely, and urgent way in a lost and dying world. And now, introducing your humble servants in Jesus Christ, Ricardo, a.k.a. B, Arenas, and Jeff, the Brain, Claiborne. Brother? Uh-huh. Life can be ironic, and so can sitcoms. What? Yeah, you're right. They can be prophetic. This is hmm. kind of crazy, but listen to this. Do you got some prophecy for us? Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, let's see. See this crap? Somebody knows I'm talking to you. Not according to the men in blue. Oh, what is it this time? Kitty porn again? Sexual battery of a patient? They want to discredit you for what? Because I'm a dangerous man, because I know too much about the truth. Now that uh, end-of-the-world apocalyptic garbage, you're right? You know my work? I was right about Dallas, wasn't Ow, I? How were you right? Are you familiar with the antivirus agent, yeah, it was a deadly virus spread by field mice in the southwestern United States several years ago. According to the newspaper, FEMA was called out to manage an outbreak of the hantavirus. Are you familiar with what the Federal Emergency Management Agency's real power is? FEMA allows the White House to suspend constitutional government upon declaration of a national emergency. Think about that. What is an agency with such broad sweeping power doing managing a small viral outbreak in suburban Texas? You're saying it wasn't such a small outbreak? No. I'm saying it wasn't the hand of virus. Well, what was it? Walks away from police (laughs) car. When we were young men in the military, your father and I were recruited for a project. They told us it was biological warfare or a virus. What killed those men? What killed them, I won't even write about. We have no context for what killed those men. Or any appreciation of the scale at which it'll be unleashed in the future. A plague? Plague to end all plagues, Agent Mulder. A silent weapon for a quiet war. The systematic release of an indiscriminate organism for which the men who will bring it on still have no cure. They've been working on this for 50 years. While the rest of the world have been fighting groups and commies, these men have been secretly negotiating a planned Armageddon. Negotiating with whom? I think you know. The timetable has been set. It'll happen on a holiday when people are away from their homes. The president will declare a state of emergency at which time all government, all federal agencies will come under the power of the Federal Emergency Management Agency. FEMA. The secret government. They call me paranoid. Go back to Dallas, Agent Mulder, and dig. Or we're going to find out along with the rest of the country. I mean, it sounds like it applies to us, bro. I mean, Uh, here comes the boom. There goes the boom. So, uh, yeah, um, 
Why does that sound I so mean, familiar? I mean, that was like 10 years ago that episode came out or something like that. I Probably mean, more. I, I don't know what year. I wonder if it tells us what year that episode. Of course, we're looking, the description? I don't know if, if there's any X-File fans in the audience, but I was I, I, I didn't miss an episode. I thought it was a fascinating show. Oh, it was awesome. It was a 1998 See, that, that's longer than 1998 10 years. 1998 episode, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, 22 years 22 ago. 22 years ago, uh, there was... <laughs> you, you look at movies, you look at sitcoms like this, and things that they put in their sitcoms or movies actually... Some of them actually came true. And it makes mm-hmm. you wonder... It, 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 it just... It's almost like... And I'm just going to throw it out there... Because now I don't sound so crazy and whatever I say. With <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> There's some crazy stuff on X-Files. But uh makes you wonder if somebody just, they knew what they were planning on doing and they put and they put little, you know, hints in the sitcoms and the movies and stuff as to what they were planning. You know, it's like, it's, it's pretty funny. But uh, yeah, so we're still reeling from all of this stuff. I mean, yeah. how, who would have thought... This whole COVID thing would last this long. Yeah. And uh, now they're talking about a, a fourth wave and more <laughs> restrictions and more lockdowns. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's uh, it's nutty. It's conspiracy theories don't sound so crazy anymore, do they? They sure don't, right? Yeah. It's like... I wouldn't blame anybody for becoming a comparison theorist at this point Not with all, all the crap that's going on. Exactly. <laughs> Not at uh, all. Which leads us into the world we live in, there, brother. Could this new administration more be be more? I can't even speak. Be more blatant than than what it is. No. It's um. Anyone who's familiar with the Agenda 2021 uh-huh. knows that that was changed to Agenda 2030 in the UN Charter. UN, uh, one of, it's one of the UN uh, yeah, resolutions is. that they, they drew up. Mm-hmm. They backed it up another nine years because the Agenda yeah. 2021 didn't make the goal of 2021. Mm-hmm. And do you know why it didn't make the goal of 2021, brother? Let's see. Hmm. Let me guess. Because of that one guy, what's his last name? Trump? Yeah. Kind of messed up their plans he, between 2016 and about 2020. Yeah. Actually into 2021 because, yeah. you know, he fought and fought till the end. Right. You know. He was forced out. Right. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. So that kind of screwed up their plans, I think. So, right? Yeah. You know, had to push it along a little further. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So they, so, they got desperate. This is the theory. They got, they got desperate. Hmm. And they started pushing faster. Yeah. It's the bowling frog theory. You put mm. a frog in lukewarm water, he's fine. You start turning up the heat, he doesn't recognize he's starting to boil. That's right. But if you drop a frog in the boiling water, he's going to hop out because he feels it immediately. Yeah. Well, from January of 20, 
2021 till now, we're the frog. Our society and societies around the world are the frog that was dropped into the boiling water Mm -hmm. because the deep state no longer could take their time in putting all this together to get meet their agenda now they have to accelerate how fast they get it done mm. and when you accelerate how fast you get it done you expose yourself mm-hmm. and so what's happened is this administration um working out of one of the three white houses I'm not sure which one. It could be the one in Georgia. Um, is exposing themselves because they're trying to do a reset really, really fast. Yeah. And so you end up with the stuff that we're seeing that people are getting worked up and panicked over. Mm-hmm. People are in a panic right now. Oh, and big we time. Can, big and we can take those one at a time if you want to, brother. We can go through those. Uh, yeah, we can run with them for sure. So, uh, we were talking... And before we go into it, I I think, before we get into the minutiae here of uh, what we wanted to really address, but I think the government, obviously they have that plan. They want to go forward. But at this time, and I think, well, at least the people that are making sense of things, trying to really research and understand, Mm -hmm. the one thing the government fears is the day that Americans stand together. Yes. Right now they're trying to keep us separated with all these issues. This in-your-face type of thing where people are going to fight over, you know it. That's the way to keep us keep us uh, disheveled, you know, from coming together and going, hey, you know what, we have differences, but we're going to stand together against our government because, you know, they, 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 they want to run things a certain way, obviously, globalist, from a globalist standpoint. So they're they're winning right now. <laughs> uh, who are the globalists? Uh, the, the globalists through the government. I mean, I don't think so. You don't think so? No, not even close. You think there'll be a time when mm-hmm. we wake up and we start standing together and start and instead of? I think we already are. Yeah, yeah. Did you see Europe on the oh, 20th? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was standing together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that I mean, and that was a great example of. Mm-hmm. You know what needs to be done, and right. You know it's right there. I mean, we can't deny it. Right. So, um, but uh, yeah, no. That's just wanted to make that point. They fear um, a, a country to standing together. They fear that they fear people who have woken up and realized who mm-hmm. their real enemy is. Yeah. And are beginning to change their focus from uh, fighting each other. To fight to together fighting the real enemy, yeah. And the real enemy is the is the globalist, the deep state. Uh, it's not about the two parties. No, it's beyond that. Yeah, yeah. it's beyond the two parties. Uh, the two parties can have their battles later on. Yeah. But right now, it's it's the infiltration of both parties by these globalists. Yeah. And. Uh, and that's where the problem comes in with the parties. Now, one is more open and blatant than the other one. And one is uh, better at hiding it than the other one. Mm. You know? But they're both, uh, they both have been um, compromised yeah, by sure. the globalists. Now, so some signs that are happening. Uh, 
one thing that we talked about just before this podcast is that we're starting to see movement toward people being uh, arrested on indictments Mm. on this election situation that occurred in 2020. Mm. (laughs) And uh, we're talking a lot of arrests. I'm reading reports daily on arrests occurring around the country. And we're not just talking, you know, uh, Joe Blow Grocer, who happened to be volunteering for the <laughs> right, election. Right, right. I we're mean, talking, they're going after people that were involved. We're, t- we're talking governors in mm-hmm. trouble. We're oh, talking yeah. senators. We're talking Congress people. We're talking judges. We're talking all kinds of people who are now getting in trouble, and, and indictments are starting to roll out. Yeah. And... Uh, Dominion voting machine is getting kicked out mm-hmm. of a lot of jurisdictions now, and they're not going to use them. They're going to go hand counting. Um, I know that Wisconsin's a big deal now. Yeah, I, I saw yeah. a lot of indictments, and today there was stuff that came out about Florida indicting people, and uh, North Carolina. There was like twenty-four people that got indicted for yeah. election fraud in North Carolina. Just to just came out today, and then. Maricopa County. I mean, you had information on that. Yeah, what's going yeah. on there? We have. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, there's quite a few states that are, <clears throat> you know, yeah. opening, uh, launching investigations into the 2020 presidential. Now, what do you think? Obviously, not way after the fact, but after the fact. I mean, we're still what two, three months into the new president, the new administration. You know, why now? Why now? And why not then, when it was first brought up? Uh, and it all has to do with exposure. Mm, okay. Sometimes you have to trap the rats in a trap. That mm-hmm. they, that they, sometimes you've got to draw the rats in. <clears throat> if, you, if you try to go after the rats, they scatter. Yeah. But if you set a trap and draw the rats into the, rats into the trap, uh-huh. now you've got them, right? Right. Uh, the border crisis. Everybody's really worked up over the border prices, right? And there's a lot of misinformation being put out about the border. Yeah. Well, one thing I've learned over the last week or so I've, as I've done my research is that a lot of human trafficking arrests have been made as a result of people coming up through the border. Mm-hmm. And a lot of children have been rescued from the human traffickers. Yes. It's a trap. They set the trap. Mm-hmm. So, you know, first of all, Biden is not in charge. Most people know that he's he's got a hand. He's yeah. got, he has handlers. He's he's a puppet. He's <laughs> Pinocchio, okay, with the strings attached. All yeah. right? he's he's got handlers. We also know that I I believe Kamala Harris is not fully in charge either. Hmm. I believe people above them. And how can you be above the president and vice president, folks? Hmm. This has been going on for a long time. If you thought that presidents were really making decisions and really affecting things, think again. They were they were receiving marching orders. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And they were receiving marching orders from the Federal Reserve that ran the economy. The Federal Reserve told presidents what to do, not the other way around. The the, the international bankers, yeah, who can bankrupt the country if they want to. Uh-huh. They can do what they want with the country. 
Do you think the presidents were telling those international bankers what to do? No. They were doing whatever the international bankers told them to do. Mm -hmm. Thus, when we went to war, yeah, that was international bankers. The uh, incident, the Tonkin Gulf in incident that, that got us into the Vietnam War, that wasn't a president. That wasn't the White House. That was people who operated internationally above the White House, mm -hmm. who set that up and, and mm. had them go to war. Yeah. So, and it, why? Because it, it's a money-making enterprise for the bankers. Mm. That's why. And so, and we're not talking your local bank, folks. We're talking the one percenters. We're yeah. talking about bankers that have influence worldwide. Okay? Uh, so... I mean, you say people say that's nuts. That's a conspiracy theory. Is is the fall of Adam a conspiracy theory? Is sin and human nature, based upon uh, our human depravity, is that a conspiracy theory, folks? Do you really believe that people who run the world are pure as a driven snow? I'm going to get a book called, it's called The, uh, the Power Paradox. I'm going, to, I'm going to check it out. I've read some articles on it. And it talks about why people seek power and what's going on. And, it, yeah, and Control Freak is actually a psychological concept. Hmm. They actually call it Control Freak. I thought it was slang. It's not just slang. It's, it's an actual psychological hmm. Uh, concept and so it's it's the need to control others and these people at the top they want to control the entire world mm -hmm. they're control freaks they're yeah. egomaniacs and they're control freaks and the you know narcissists egomaniac narcissists run the world I mean there's no question about that right. you don't get to that level of power without stepping on people without manipulating and, and maneuvering to get there and compromising yourself compromising your integrity mm -hmm. compromising your dignity to get there okay and even the people who move up to the top they have dirt on them yeah so people are controlled not only by um, mental manipulation, just like Satan did to Eve in the garden, mm -hmm. um, but they're also controlled by fear. We know all the skeletons in your in, in your closet, and if you don't run with us, cooperate with us, we're going to bring those skeletons out. Mm. We'll, we'll bring them out slowly, one at a time. It'll be death by a thousand cuts. We'll make you suffer. <laughs> Through the process, look what they're doing. Look what's happening to Como right now. Yeah. So what's that all about? Trump is is very very smart. Matter of fact, people who've talked with him and got to know him said he's beyond genius. He's, mm. I mean, but people say he doesn't talk like he's that smart. That's a ruse, ladies and gentlemen. He does it on purpose. Yeah. He does it on purpose to make people think he's not that smart. You look weak. When you're strong, that's Sun Tzu, right? Yeah. And so, what he's been doing is he has been looking weak in order 
to get his agenda rolling. And what he's doing, he's playing the deep games, the deep mm-hmm. states game that right. they play with the mental mental games and all that. He's been playing mental games with them since well, for, since he went into the White House. And even now that he's out of the White House, he's still playing mental games with them. And look what look what ha- is happening to Como. He's about to get probably indicted. For what what's going on in yeah. New York? Yeah, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, and that's that's the Trump game. Mm-hmm. That's Trump. Okay, so that's what the deep. That's the kind of stuff the deep state would normally do to people. Now Trump's taking it and he's reversing it on them. Okay, so why are gas prices sky high right now? Well, it's just like it's always been throughout history since the Federal Reserve took over. It's artificially inflated. Mm-hmm. Why is it artificially inflated? Because, folks, they want you out of your SUVs, your big four-wheel drive pickups, your muscle cars. They yeah. want you out of those vehicles because they want to push Agenda 2030. It's all mm-hmm. about Agenda 2030. And Agenda 2030, one of the things that it that it works toward is consolidating the population into a smaller area. Right. Try to push, try to get rid of the sub- suburbs and push people into the inner city, living stacked on top of each other in these high-rise apartments, kind of like the New mm-hmm. York lifestyle. You get rid of a whole bunch of cars, you put them into electric vehicles, but they, of course they're not going, they're not to the level where they're going to be that practical yet, although they're getting better. But really, they want to push people into right. uh, public transportation or walking to work because you live just around the corner in a high-rise building mm. from your work, right? Mm-hmm. Or your work office might actually be in the building you live in, yeah. right? We've seen this in the movies. Mm-hmm. What When you catch the movies, folks, and you oh, wow, that's really futuristic. No, that's the plan. <laughs> that's what they're wanting to do in the yeah, future. That yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but the thing is, is that um, so it's, it's artificially inflated because it benefits them pushing their agenda. Gas yeah. prices, there's no reason why gas prices need to be that high. Yeah. Right. And the border. Well, we kind of got new, more stimulus checks, bro, so, you know. Yes, and that's the, that's the agenda to make everybody dependent upon the government, right? Right. So, you know, oh, we gotta they, they, they got to hike up something to get some of that money sure. back. <laughs> we got to shut you down because, you know, fourth wave or whatever. Yeah, There's yeah, always right, right. Be, oh, And, the, you know, they claim that, uh, well, if you don't get the vaccine, you're a biohazard. Oh, really? Guess what? Every human being on this earth is a biohazard. Yeah. We all have viruses and germs that we throw around everywhere. Yeah. And masks aren't going to stop it. That's a joke. We're all bio- biohazards. I mean, that's that's why we have an immune system. <laughs> I mean, but people who are not thinking, people who yeah. don't think beyond the mainstream media or mm-hmm. the you know the CDC or the WHO, can't think beyond them and, and actually listen to doctors on the front line who don't have an agenda, yeah. but they actually are telling you the truth. <laughs> You know, right. they, they, that's, they can't figure that out. They, it doesn't make sense to them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what we mean we're all biohazards. Everybody's a biohazard. We're always a biohazard. Yeah. Potentially a big biohazard from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, did we not have flu seasons every year? 
did not people die year. from the flu? I mean, every you know, year. <laughs> I mean, you know, so we're all biohazards. We're always biohazards, yeah. and the vaccine's not going to make any difference. On hey, that guess person. what, bro? What's that? If you get vaccinated and you show your card at Krispy Kreme Donuts, they give you a free donut every day if you want. Krispy team donuts are biohazards. Krispy. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to say, we're talking about biohazards. Oh, you can get diabetes. So you, one or the other. Krispy Kreme donuts support the rotunda around the midsection of the body. Okay. That's what those do. <laughs> you, get fa- you, you, get, you get the rotunda going and then your heart gets overworked and you have problems. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So <laughs> it's all conspiracy. Oh, no, conspiracy, bro. <laughs> but you know the fact that they that uh, the pe- people. So there's a battle over who's in charge. Yeah, okay? sure. There's a, a battle like we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. We're in World War Three. I mean, there's battles going on right in front of us. We don't even see them. Because they're not gun firing, tank shooting, you know, ship yeah, yeah, yeah. missile launching battles. Uh-huh. It's a different kind of war, but it's being fought right in front of us. Yeah, and the, the I tell you what, the good guys played the administration perfectly mm. when they did the border thing. Because what they I went back to we went back to the rat analogy. They brought the rats up <laughs> right. to the border right. and caught them instead of having to go down there to get them yeah. by some military invasion or something. They just drew them up here. And, they, oh, they make a lot of money on human trafficking. And so, they, oh, it's yeah. Biden's in, the border's open, Trump can't do anything. Hey, let's open up business again. And yeah, go back, and yeah. Start, right, right. Start moving toward the border with our, you know, and then murder the parents along the way. This is one of the things they do. They yeah. murder the parents and they take the kids and they traffic them. They get to the border and guess what they find out? The whole thing's a trap. And they're they're caught, they're in handcuffs, they're they're being charged with human trafficking and the kids are rescued. Right? That's mm-hmm. what's really going on <clears throat> on part of that. And we're talking a large number, right? Oh yeah. So <clears throat> So I mean, there's things are not as they seem, and the mainstream media is clueless, or they're lying to us. The the people who are in power run the mainstream media, mm-hmm. so you can't trust them. You know, so who do you trust? Who do you go to? What do you, how do you figure this stuff out? Mm-hmm. There's information out there because there are good people who know things, who have worked in intelligence. They've worked in the military in uh, certain aspects where they have information. They know things, um, uh, you know, from different ways, different sources, and they're coming out and starting to say, "Hey, guys, this is not what you think it is," and they're mm. starting to tell their stories. Yeah, and this is where we're getting the information. Yeah, no, it's true. That's true. And I mean, as we're addressing these, I mean, you already spoke about the height of those gas prices going up, and we're, it's going to get worse. That's what they're yeah, I'm, talking I'm, about. I'm thinking three, four, maybe five. Yeah, bucks. that's what people are saying. Yeah. Three, four bucks, you know. Yeah, uh, and it'll start going back down. You once. Know, but the one big issue right now, bro, and we can talk about this since we're getting into all this, is the border crisis, you know. And I, I'm, I'm reading off an article that was written in the Examiner. It says the Biden made border crisis. Directly to him. So it says here, and I'll give you the information, and then I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, 
It says here, there is a cri- there is a crisis at our southern border, and President Biden's Im- immigration policy are responsible. Biden has halted border wall construction, released illegal immigrants into our communities, and promised amnesty for millions more. These are disastrous policies that have contributed to the surge in illegal immigration, the spread of COVID-19. We're talking about the fourth wave, right? right. And the humanitarian crisis at the border. On day one, Biden halted construction of the U.S.-Mexico border wall. Despite proof that walls work, the wall funnels migrants for a forward point from of entry where U.S. Customs and Border Protection agents can more easily stop illegal immigrants as well as human and drug traffickers. Walls are essential, an essential part of securing our border, but Biden and Democrats refuse to admit it, prioritizing, prioritizing, I can't even speak, political rhetoric over realistic results. Next, Biden proposed mass amnesty for at least 11 million illegal immigrants, further exacerbating the crisis at our border. The promise of amnesty has lured more people to cross our borders illegally. These policies encourage illegal immigration because there are no foreseen consequences, only rewards. Just look at the large group of migrants traveling to our southern border wearing t-shirts that read, Biden, please let us in. (laughs) With these poor policies ruling the day, the crisis at the border was inevitable. Inevitable. But little did we know we would reach a breaking point so soon. What is it, two months into the presidency, two and a half months? Mm-hmm. Uh, the number of liberal immigrants crossing and apprehended at our border has skyrocketed. CVP reported that since inauguration day, illegal border crossing have climbed to approximately five times what they were prior to January 2021. Border apprehensions have doubled in January uh, compared in January 2021 compared to January 2020, there are the highest numbers in a decade. In a decade, bro. Yeah, <laughs> Only a in a year. Yeah. yeah, the number of children crossing yeah. our border illegally is particularly harrowing. With the number of un- unaccompanied children crossing in February reaching the highest in our nation's history, you were talking about the children being the ones, right? Because right. the parents get. Right. That's right there. They're talking about it. Due to these rising numbers, the Biden administration is being forced to put children into migrant detention shelters at 100% capacity, flying in the face of COVID-19 protocols and putting many at risk of contracting or spreading the virus. They don't want to spread the virus, right? Children's facilities are not the only ones near in capacity. Many other facilities are filling up due to the surge at the border. Illegal immigrants are now being released into border communities, even if the if they wind up being dangerous criminals or having COVID-19 through the controversial practice of catch and release. Despite cries from local officials to stop the onslaught of illegal immigrants into border communities, the releases keep coming. Just as Douglas Nichols, mayor of Yuma, Arizona, who has expressed concerns about illegal immigrants being released into Yuma and other border communities. These communities cannot support these large influxes of illegal immigrants, and their health is put at risk as untested individuals are released. Uh, to finish up here, it says Biden's open border policies are deeply misguided. His immigration strategy harms our border communities and incentivizing 
uh, illegal immigration will continue to overwhelm our immigration system. Biden must reverse course and implement policies that strengthen our border security if he wants to end this crisis. What do you think, brother? I think they're talking as if Biden was in control and he's not. Yeah. Yeah. As if he had the authority and the ability to do what they're saying he needs to do. He sure. doesn't. He's he's being controlled. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a puppet. Yeah. And it's the people who are controlling him that, that are in charge and they're not they don't care what this guy has to say. Sure. You know. Yeah. They don't care. Uh, but I'm sure they're not happy that they've walked into a trap. You know, exactly. And the rats are getting caught, mm-hmm. and they're being drawn in, yeah. and they're being caught by being drawn in. I mean, it's it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant strategy. And I know that people are flooding in, and all. you don't think they're not tracking them? I wonder how many of them. I don't know. Are they giving vaccinations out to illegals, or doing something to track them? They might be. Hmm. Maybe they're putting something in them that a tracking device that's really very easy to do. And you can track these people. Yeah. You know? But you but you've got to create the image yeah. that hey, open border. Oh yeah, for sure. And they know where they're coming, they know where they're following through because they got the wall built along the rest of it. Oh yeah. So they can concentrate on that one area. Well yeah, that's and, why and that's why you stopped it. Yeah. Quote unquote, they stopped building the wall. Right. And not only that. Right. They got somebody to blame, Trump. You know, you can blame Trump for everything that's happening. Sure, because Trump is the biggest enemy and biggest headache that the deep state has ever had. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they're going to attack Trump venomously, often, uh-huh. and with everything they have, because he's over the target and he's hitting the target. So he's yeah. going to catch a lot of flack. Mm-hmm. When you're catching flack, you know you're hitting the target. Yeah. He's catching flag. Flack. I caught yeah. flack this week. You got flack? <laughs> I caught flack this week. My, my YouTube channel was suspended. No, you, oh, that's right. You got put in YouTube jail, bro. I did. I'm so proud of that. You know, there's some really neat people in YouTube jail. Really? Yeah, there's some good inmates, man. Oh, man. Good inmates in so YouTube They were in good jail. company, huh? I was in good company with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are in long term. <laughs> I'm only in for a week, so, but yeah. You've yeah. been a rebel, bro. Uh, it's fun you being get, a rebel. YouTube jail, you know, you uh, separate it from the crowd in, in the road, punch your uh, super-duper charged car, and to Huma, how, how fast were you going, bro? Oh, I can't say anything about that. All right, all right. All right. <laughs> Let's say he was going really fast, I mean, Let's, to the point where... He was looking at his river mirror, and he was like, amateurs. They <laughs> say that the, that the people trying to trap me and uh, tailgate me got quite the surprise. you just been a rebel. Yeah, total. My man. Yeah. You know, and speaking of rebels, look, did you see Europe? I know. I On know. the 20th. I mean, they came out in ma- million people in UK alone. Yeah. A million in UK. Mm-hmm. The cops can't stop a flood. Mm-mm. The COVID-19 uh, propaganda machine dam is breaking. Yeah. And the flood is coming through. And it's what it, that's what it looked, that flood is what it looked like on the 20th. Yeah. Uh, we're talking UK, Germany, France, Sweden, mm-hmm. uh, Norway. Um, I mean, all over Europe. 
Yeah. Hundreds of thousands, millions of people, actually in combination, millions of people yeah. came out and said, no more, we're not doing this anymore, no more lockdowns, no more masks, no more deception, mm-hmm. we're not buying your propaganda anymore, we're done. And I mean, that was huge when I was looking at that. I did a video on it, and, and that's the one that got me into trouble. So, it, it, you know, it turns out, brother, um, it, yeah, who would have thunk? Uh-huh. But tyrants don't like being called tyrants. <laughs> <laughs> no, they Pretty don't. incredible. And no, fascists don't like don't. being called fascists. Who would have thought? Yeah. You think you'd be, if you're a fascist, hey, just own up to it. Be proud of it. You know, if you want yeah. to be a fascist, yeah. if you're going to be that, you know, uh, uh, yeah, probably shouldn't <laughs> be proud of it. But anyway, uh, you know, a tyrannical dictator, yeah. a totalitarian tyrant, doesn't want to be called a totalitarian. Yeah. I mean, that's what you are. Why wouldn't you want to be called that? Yeah. They call me Mister. I have no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But, yeah, I guess I didn't like that, so. (laughs) Man. See? See what's happening? You know what, bro? That's the way this goes, right? Here's the thing. Here's the way you got to think, folks. This is, you guys are probably laughing or just going, what is he doing? What I'm doing is I'm maintaining my dignity. Hmm. And I'm maintaining my freedom, my way. And I'm maintaining my integrity. And my 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 self worth, mm-hmm. which doesn't come from me, it comes from God. That's right. And I'm not bowing before anybody that is on the wrong side of this. Yeah, I don't bow to anybody anyway. I only bow to Jesus Christ. That's it. Yeshua Christo. That's who I bow mm-hmm. to. But I will not ever, ever bow my knee to any social media network. Any organization like BLM, none of that because that would be idolatry. Yes, sir. I won't do it, mm-hmm. and I won't. I won't give them that kind of power over me. And you might say, but they have power over you because they suspended you for a week. No, 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 no. You only have power over someone when you get them to submit. That's when you have power over them. You only have power over them when you can break their spirit. Mm -hmm. Putting them in jail doesn't give you power over them. I know this firsthand because I worked a maximum security prison for a year in between uh, enlistments with the military Mm -hmm. as a correctional officer. And I can tell you right now, some inmates you have power over and some of them you don't. Yeah. Because they won't bend. They won't break. Mm -hmm. You know? And you know the ones that you're going to have trouble with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you'll know. <laughs> because you can't break their spirit. You can't, that's right. You know. And so, uh, so that's, that's, you know, if you don't have that kind of background, that kind of understanding, then you don't understand. If, you, if, you're, if your life has been high school, college, desk job, okay, then you don't have the experiences I've had when it comes to those things. And that's not to put anybody down. There's nothing wrong with high school, college, desk job. I mean, if you provide for your family, that's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. But all I'm saying is, when it comes to understanding manipulation, when it comes to understanding street-level cons, when it comes to understanding human behavior, things of that nature, you don't have that practical experience with it. I've worked in a mass security prison. I worked in a locked ward of, of a mental hospital 
as a psychology technician. I worked as a correctional officer in maximum security prison. I've worked the streets for 30 years as a cop. I've worked in all kinds of security type of details. Um, I've I've worked uh, I when I was in the Navy. One of my jobs when I went went to the reserves was to protect a submarine base. Mm. I was a force protection, protecting the submarines in the yeah. base. Uh, I mean, you, when you have those kinds of experiences, you understand things about people in life that most people understand. They can't teach you this stuff in college. They can't teach it to you in university. Mm-hmm. The professors don't understand this stuff. No. This is what life teaches you. And life is a great instructor. And they gives you degrees that you can't get in university. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, and uh, when you understand life, when you understand human behavior and all that, uh, you begin to have insight into things. And that's where I am. I'm having insight into things, not bragging, but just saying this is where God put me. Mm-hmm. God put me on that path, and I never understood why until recently. So that I could understand these things. I could see what's going on clearly. And I know a con when I see one. And I'm looking at the White House right now, and I'm saying, this is a big con. Yeah. The entire country is being played. Big time. The people in the White House are not in control. They're not in control of what's going on. They're playing a role. They're, gonna, they're, they're playing their part because they're told to. But it's, it's somebody else that's running things, mm. not them. Yeah. You know? And... Uh, so you you kick you know you kick Trump out and you think oh we got power over Trump no no you don't not even close he never succeeded the election and you never broke his spirit and you never stopped him from pursuing going after the election fraud he's still doing it and you've never stopped him from pursuing his agenda which he's still doing yeah so nothing you don't have any power over him if anything Trump has the power right now. He's becoming more and more popular. Just the simple fact that he didn't even show up to the inauguration spoke big. <laughs> yeah, people people were un- angst about that. Yeah. You know, because they're saying, "Oh, that was that was not right." No of class. Him. No you know, class. No class. Yeah. Come no, on. no, 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 no. You don't you don't enable by codependency a liar and a thief. Yeah. He yeah. if he showed up for the inauguration, I would have been. Upset with Trump. Oh, yeah. What are you doing showing up? You don't support and be codependent and enable a liar and a thief. Any more than you would an alcoholic. Yep. The people that showed up for that are either in on it or they're codependent. Oh, yeah. One or the other. But yeah. that was, I would have not shown up if I was you no. know, the president leaving and the way that I left and the way they pushed me out. It's not a legitimate. Not even. He's not. That was. That's I, not a legitimate administration. Yeah. Period. It's yeah. they're not. You don't support liars and cheaters. Yeah. You 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 expose them, and you try to stop mm-hmm. stop them from doing what they're doing because uh, did, did, was God codependent with Satan? <laughs> I mean, come on, folks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we got to start thinking beyond... Well, first of all, we just got to start thinking. Can we get the brain cells engaged again? Yep. Turn off the TV, cut off the cable, cut off the satellite, stop watching that garbage, because it's all garbage. Get, get some good books, start reading them. Get in your Bible, start reading it. Your brain will start to clear up. 
Oh yeah. You know, it's uh, and uh, you'll start to think straight again. But you're right now, you folks, people are being programmed and manipulated. Program and folks, you know? listen to the last podcast. We talk about a lot of that mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> right. Program making you think a certain way. Programming you to think a certain way. Right. And that's not to think at all. Exactly. Uh, so continuing with the same subject. Also, you know, Biden's been pretty popular this week. We reported on a shooting, what, a week ago? You know, right? The eight right. people. Right. A week later, we got another shooting, bro. Right. Now, we got you, a shooting in Boulder, Colorado. Did you notice the pattern? No, oh, the pattern was beautiful. And what is the first thing that... Beautiful? Uh, <laughs> is that, you want to use that word? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> well, beautiful in a way that, that, you know, this is what they wanted to set up. The direction they wanted to approach this whole thing, it, it, it's, which Biden came out like clearly obvious, right? Clearly obvious. That's what I meant. Do you remember a lot of active active shootings during the Trump administration? I don't remember hardly any. Do you? Not really. There might have been one or two, but one or two, but that's it. All of a sudden, two months into this administration, there's two. All of a sudden, the deep state thinks they got they gain power, and okay. then all of a sudden, there's a bunch of them again. Yeah. There's a, and, pa- there's a pattern there's here. A, and not only that, did you see the, the first report? Another white person, probably Christian, that went and shot up the place, right? I right? wonder if the right? see, now I'm starting to get suspicious. <laughs> I'm starting to get suspicious about this Christian thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, this is a setup to demonize Christians. Oh, it, These are false flag operations. And they're being done for an agenda. Number one, got to get guns out of the hands of people because if as long as they have the Second Amendment and their weapons, we, the deep state, cannot enslave them. Mm-hmm. We've got to get rid of those guns. So we're going to yeah. set up a bunch of false flag uh, shootings, right? And they're willing to murder people to do it. They yeah. don't care. They, don't have, they have no morals, right. right? And then what you just mentioned, right? Um, there was the guns. What would you just say? I'm sorry. I'm just uh, the shootings. Boulder, Colorado. Ten people dead in the supermarket. Yeah, ten people dead. Right. And, well, uh, they first thing they say, white guy, Christian, the Christian part. Yeah, yeah the Christian yeah, that's part. Yeah. And, and we've got it. We've got to demonize Christians because they're a big problem for us too. Because mm-hmm. because we're not being effective in manipulating and, and controlling Christians. Yeah. So Christians are a problem. We got to get. We got to demonize them. We got to isolate them. Mm-hmm. We got to make them the enemy. Yeah. And so shootings. Oh, it was a Christian that did the shooting. Oh, shooting. Oh, there was another Christian that did the shooting. If, if this is not blatantly obvious to everybody that this is a setup by people who are in power, causing this stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. In order to demonize people, just like Hitler uh, did with yeah. the Jews in Germany, mm-hmm. the same thing. Yep. Then you're watching way too much TV if you can't see it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know? Yep. And what is the first thing Biden does? Ha! Let's go and uh, take. We, we're. I'm going to write an executive another executive order. What is he over a hundred now? Uh, we're going to ban assault rifles. That's it. Everybody's getting their assault rifles taken off. Another well, let shooting. me ask you a question, bro. Well, let me ask you a question. You worked at the... Uh, 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 <laughs> hold on here. Hold on. I'm totally out of You worked at a maximum uh, security prison, right? Sorry about laughing. He's got loud folks. But was... <laughs> I got him. I got him. You didn't see the ethics that was going on with the visual. It was awesome. You hold on. Uh, no, I was going to say, you worked yeah. at a high, a high security maximum prison. 
the, yeah, dude. Yeah. Did, did that stop any inmates from going and killing someone? No. With a no. homemade shank and... No. Right? Not at all. Not at all. No. No. So, mm-hmm. it's like, are you kidding me? And again, as Christians, we believe evil in the world. Right, right. People are evil. The heart is deceitful, desperately wicked above all things. You know, the nature of man is a fallen nature. Therefore, it's capable of doing the worst of the worst uh, uh, um, violent acts. So, with that said, what does assault rifles got to do with this? Just because this guy was able to buy a gun and go out and shoot? First, I want, I want anyone out there, anybody, uh-huh. Uh-huh. that thinks they can do it, Define the term assault rifle. What is it? What is it? What is an assault rifle? What does that mean? Yeah. How do you determine what's an assault rifle? Right. Don't bullets come out of all their barrels? Right. Do they make guns that don't assault people? In the hands of people that want to use them to assault people? Yeah. I mean, guns don't assault people, but do they make guns that are not capable of being used for the purpose of assaulting someone? Mm Mm-hmm. Is there a gun made like that, brother? Nope. So what the heck is it with the I term mean, assault weapon? It gets my gears yeah. grinding when I even hear the word assault rifle. Do you know? Like why? I said, do you guys even know what you're even talking about or saying? No, they don't. They no. don't. There is, you know what the definition of assault rifle is? Hmm. Any rifle we deem to be one. Exactly. You That's made what a great is. point there. That's, That's what exactly. It is. Yeah. And how do they deem it? I'll tell you how they do it. And you can ask any cop. I was talking to a uh-huh. sergeant that, that I work for right now. Uh, he was a SAPD SWAT. Uh-huh. He was um, all this. I mean, worked the streets a long time. You know, gruff, old gruff sergeant. Works yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Works for another department. A, okay. A, a campus department now, police department. Mm. And uh, he... Uh, he says, uh, yeah, you know, anything that looks menacing to, wow, what was that? Something like a firecracker, maybe? Uh, that was a big boom. That was a boom. Anyway, so anyway, anything that looks menacing to the people mm-hmm. who want, who, who are looking at the weapons or are empowered to make these laws, okay. that's deemed to be an assault weapon. Mm. So you can take a, a, you could take a bolt-action carbine. Yeah. Which nobody is calling an assault weapon. Mm-hmm. And stick a really menacing-looking stock on it. Okay, yeah, right. And 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 you could bring okay, you could take that same weapon that functions the same way uh-huh. with the with the wood, you know, the just in its standard form and take it, oh no, that's not an assault weapon. You take it back, you disassemble the wood wood uh, grain and everything off it, uh-huh. and you put a really menacing looking stock on it. Still bolt action, still functions the same way. Uh-huh. Bring it into the legislator and say, would this be an assault weapon? Oh, yes, that's definitely that's an assault it, yeah. weapon. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same weapon, it's actually the same way, right? Yeah. Look, weapons are either bolt action, single shot, or they're semi automatic. Mm-hmm. Bolt action, you have to run the bolt. Uh, forward and bring it back mm-hmm. to reload the weapon each time you fire the weapon. Right. Semi-automatic, you pull the trigger once, one bullet comes out the barrel. You don't have to recycle the mechanism inside the weapon right. in order 
to get the next round into the chamber, it does it automatically. So it's a semi-automatic. Yeah. One shot, one bullet. That's what a semi-automatic is. But right. you can pull the trigger a second time without a bolt, and it shoots again. Mm-hmm. So it's semi-automatic. Fully automatic. You could you have a selector. You can go single shot. You could go three burst, or you can just select it to go full all out. Let it, it fly. It, it, <laughs> Empty the the magazine, right? Or the clip, which in the case of that weapon be a clip. In case of a regular firearm, be a magazine. But you... So every assault weapon or banned assault weapon functions exactly the same way as any other semi-automatic, which, by the way, most handguns now are semi-automatics. Mm-hmm. They're either revolvers or semi-automatics, but it's the same thing. You pull the trigger and you get a round through it. You don't have to do anything to get the next round in. It does it automatically, even with a revolver. Mm. They function exactly the same way. It's the same effect. Only the military can have fully automatic where you have a three-round burst or you can empty the magazine, Mm -hmm. right? That's the military only. Everything. An AR-15 is a semi-automatic. One pull, trigger pull, one round one comes out mm-hmm. the barrel. You buy a twenty-two hunting rifle. It's going to function exactly the same way a an AR-15 fun- functions. Mm-hmm. But the AR-15 has a reputation for being this menacing weapon. But a twenty-two hunting rifle doesn't. Right. You can kill somebody with a twenty-two hunting rifle... Just as fast, especially if you have CCI Stinger rounds in them, mm, oh yeah. um, you just as fast as you can kill somebody with a with a uh, AR-15. Mm-hmm. And yet the hunting rifle, oh, that's not so bad. But the AR-15, because it looks menacing, oh, that's a really bad weapon. That's how they determine assault weapon. Now, a famous actor once said, whom I've lost a lot of respect for lately, by the way. A famous actor once said, stupid is as stupid does, <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, that's the case. I mean, that's just yeah. stupidity. Or they're pl- trying to play the public. They know the difference. Sure. They know there's no difference. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to play the public. They're mm. trying to gain ground. And, and they want to take your hunting rifle away too. But they can't take that away until they take the other ones away first. Right. They got it's incremental. They've got to walk their way through it. Why? Because the deep state is scared to death of the people, and once the people are waking up like they are now, yeah. and they're starting to point their finger at the deep state and go, "There's the problem. Mm. They're the ones that got to send all these wars. Yeah. They're the ones that have been inflating the gas prices. They're the ones that have been putting out all these predator mortgages on or predator loans. They're uh-huh. the ones that are doing it." I mean, you can go down the list. They don't want that. They don't want that kind of attention because now they get the spotlight on them. Mm, and yeah, people, yeah. People, people are out there starting to build the gallows. You can hear the hammer of the wood. Yeah. The gallows are being built to put these people on. People yeah. want justice yeah. with these people. And they're, and they're like, no, 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 nothing to see here. I'm the man behind the curtain. Don't buy, don't don't pay attention to me. The great Oz is over there on the screen. <laughs> but we pulled the curtain back, and we know who's there. 
Yep. That's what's really going on, folks. So, don't lose hope. Good Good days are coming. Dude, good days are coming. It's good stuff, brother. So, I'll shut up for a moment and let you talk. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, that's good. I like it. I like it. That's why we brought up these points, because I want to get your your thoughts on it. Um, Now, I I do have a question in regards to, you know, because obviously that's what we want the world to do. Be able to open their eyes and start thinking. Look, this is pretty obvious. Hello. But, as Christians... We want the same for a Christian as well. But, right. you know, what applies for us from a, a biblical worldview is that we have to be wise. There has to be discernment. You know, how it affects us as believers as well. Um, so what are your thoughts on Christians? What's the way Christians should act? Should we just sit there and take it to act like, Well, God told us never to raise our hand. Love your enemies. Uh. You know what I'm getting at? <laughs> right, you can love your enemies without... Does Christian makes us... You know, does it... The Bible blatantly tell us we got... We are to be weak as Christians and no. just take it? No. Persecution? Just sit there and take it? No. Or does Never. it tells us you stand on the truth of God? Yes, you. we preach the gospel in a loving way, but at the same time, you come into my home? Christians? I'm going to thrash you. I'm going to shoot you. You know what I mean? Right. Protect my family. The Bible d- does support the concept of self-defense. Mm. I don't know where people get this idea that the Bible condemns self-defense. It doesn't. Right. Not even the least. And you didn't see Christians in the first century walking into the Colosseum and say, Can I get eaten by the lions too? <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't do that. What right. were they doing? They were resisting the Roman state because yeah. the Roman state was trying to shut down their churches. Oh, yeah. And the first century Christians said, no, we have a higher authority that we have to obey. Mm. Yes, there is resistance. When the deep state or when the, when the, the state, we'll just say the state, is... Working actively against the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and trying to shut the kingdom of God down, then the church has a responsibility to oppose that. Mm. You can, so are you saying as Christians and as a church we have a higher responsibility in we, this world? Yes. Mm. We'll just give a simple yes to that. Okay. And we can love our enemies without condoning what they're doing. People get the idea that if we're not condoning what they're doing, that we're being hateful. Hate That's hate speech. Right. No. Sometimes the most loving thing you can do is be straightforward with people and tell them exactly what's going on. Yeah. When, an, when, when people go into family members and so forth, go in to confront an alcoholic and have an intervention with an alcoholic, are they being hateful? Is that hate speech? No, they're loving on that person. They're being very straight with that person. Mm-hmm. And that's a very loving thing to do. They're trying to rescue that person out of their their situation. Right. Because that person's not only harming themselves, they're harming the entire family. Right? That's right. And when the family stops being codependent, it stops enabling that alcoholic, that's when the family is able... To have the guts 
and the mindset to go in and confront the alcoholic. Mm. And then healing starts to happen. Right. Right? But it's not until then. We have to be willing to confront government when government is wrong. And I believe what's happening around the world, literally around mm-hmm. the world, because I'm looking at it, is that governments around the world are being confronted. Because deep state was not only in the United States, it was in Africa, it was in Europe, it was in Asia, it was yeah. in South, South Pacific, it was everywhere. And it's being cleaned up all over the world. Mm-hmm. I, my YouTube channel has been highlighting this deep, deep state versus the people in Africa, deep state versus the people in Europe, deep state versus the people in Asia, mm. deep state versus the people in America. I mean, it's, it's all over the world. This is, we're living in a time that is amazing. We're watching right in front of our eyes one of the greatest events in history. Mm. And we don't even realize it. We have no clue. Yeah, no, I, I, you're right. No. You're right. Yep. I, I, no. It surprises me that, uh, well, it doesn't, doesn't surprise me. Um, it blows my mind. That should be. I should have said that first. That uh, the fact that people are oblivious to what what's really going on. And the they ma- get so caught up in the immediate things of what the media paints a picture of that they, brother, it's like they don't go past that and try to do their own investigation. Which is almost the same way as Christians when we do not. Uh, go home and search the word to see whether the words that are being preached from the pulpit or from that televangelist on TV or the radio station, if they're so. The same way. Or every 10 years or so when the predictions that were in the end times start rolling around and that becomes an undercurrent in the church. Yes. So what do you think of all these predictions coming out now, my brother? There seems to be you know, it kind of, it's kind of like a curve. It goes down some because all the prophecies, I mean, they were all f- false. And then, whoop, there he comes again. Some other knucklehead comes out with, yes, look, this is Revelations right here. This is the end of the world. This is the end times we're living in. <laughs> yeah, but this, the, the sixth seal was just open. The sixth seal was yeah, just open. I've, yeah, I've been hearing all that stuff. Um, I don't think a whole lot of it. I don't, I don't, I don't follow it i don't kind of laugh and smirk like well yeah i just kind of i'm just like oh great here we go we're gonna have to untangle this mess again because it's going to be a mess yeah events of prophetic proportions (laughs) every time i hear someone says oh something happened over near damascus it's biblical i'm going oh good night lord help us armageddon here (laughs) we go (laughs) lord help us and I've even heard predictions. Yeah, well, we think Russia is going to come down this way, and it's all Bible. It's biblical. It's uh, it's predicted in the Bible. And I'm going, uh, no, it's not. Oh, no, it's not. Please, please, spare me, Lord, spare me the pain. Oh my goodness, no, it's not, folks. It's not. Stop getting all wide-eyed and and all worked up over that. No, we are in unknown. Yeah. We, I have no clue. I mean, I have indications. I have educated guesses. I have sources that are saying they think these things are going to happen. But I mean, I but nobody really knows for sure what's going to be happening over the next ten years. 
We don't know. There could be massive changes that would blow our minds. Yeah. And for the positive, yeah. as far as I know. And uh, we'd be going, uh, wait a minute, I thought all this stuff out of Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, and, you know, out of all of the discourse was supposed to be happening. What, 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 what just happened? <laughs> what blows my mind is, you know? like, what part of this generation in Scripture, meaning that generation with them, right. does anybody not understand? And for those who have, are totally <laughs> clueless is what we're talking about, and that's, that's not a dig, that's just a, um, we were there at one time. Yeah. You and I were totally clueless yeah. at one time. We were just like that, bro. That yeah. doesn't say anything about anybody's character or anything like that. You can be really good people and have well-intentioned and still be clueless. I mean, that's just life. That's just how it works sometimes. Um, but it's okay because you can come out of clueless by educating yourselves. That's right. But the the passage that you're referring to is out of well, there's Matthew 24. Mm-hmm. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, of course, this is one that they. Let me go. Okay, it's 34, but let me back up to 32 because 32 seems to be kind of a starting point. Now learn a parable of the fig tree, when his branch is yet tender and puts forth leaves. You know, you know, you, you, you. What does you mean? Somebody that's living 2,000 <laughs> years from now or somebody who's standing there listening to him as he's talking to them? You, apostles. I don't know how much more I can emphasize that before it gets through people's heads. Yeah. yeah. Um, fourth leaves, you know that summer is nice. Why do you say summer? Well, because they were in a particular part of the year that year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like, obviously they were fall or winter or something like yeah. that. And, yeah. You know, so likewise, you, when you shall see all these things, you apostles know that it is near even at the doors. All mm-hmm. the things that he talked about, the earthquakes, the signs, you know, the signs of the times, yeah. the signs of the end of times, mm-hmm. right? Then he says this, Verily I say unto you, apostles, this generation, your generation, the people that were living and alive and listening to Christ say these words at the time 2,000 years ago, that generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. I don't know how much more clear that can be as far as a timing statement. And yet, all of this stuff before verse 34 mm-hmm. is talked about still today. Yeah. Oh, this is this is a prediction Jesus made. It's coming. It's, We're in that, we are in that generation now, 2,000 years later. And, and you know, because all the signs of times are there. It's like, no, look, people have been looking and seeing these signs for 2,000 years. In the second century... They were making these predictions. In mm-hmm. 81,000, they increased exponentially these type of predictions. They were saying, oh, there's earthquakes. There's uh, all the things that are mentioned in mm-hmm. here. There's earthquakes. There's you know wars and rumors of wars and all this. They were saying that in 1,000 AD. Yeah. And they're saying, oh, this, this has got to be then. In the second century, they were saying that. <laughs> and now another 1,000 years later, we're saying it again. Yeah. And I'm going... When are we going to get a clue? <laughs> yeah. When are we going to get a clue? 
that this was talking about the end of the Old Covenant and the beginning of the New Covenant, not the end of the world. That's, that's not what that was talking about. The world, that, of course, you've got to look at wor- the word world, too. If you look at, uh, um, who was it wrote about that? It was... Um, Josephus? No, C.S. Lewis is in my head, and that's not right. A.W. Pink. A.W. Pink. Pink okay. wrote about that. And he said, look, world doesn't always mean what you think it means. World could mean the world of believers. It could mean the world of unbelievers. Mm-hmm. It could mean a particular place and time, a particular nation. It could mean, and, and, and actually in the first century, world meant the, the Roman Empire. Yes. That was the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was the world to them. That was a known world, not the entire globe. What they knew was Roman Empire. To them, that was the world. End of the world. What, what, what was Christ talking about? He was talking about the end of a covenant. Mm-hmm. The end of the old covenant world. Okay? And the beginning of a new covenant world. So world is used in a number of different ways. It doesn't mean that the planet's going to blow up. That's not what the scripture teaches when it comes to that. Does the scriptures even teach about the world ending, bro? There's a number of passages. The physical world? There's a number of passages. Hmm. And I, I can't say one way or the other. But there's a number of passages that seem to indicate, that, that there's clearly say that world without end. That the physical world would go on forever. Mm-hmm. That there would be no end to the physical world. And I could, I could point those out. I mean, there's. I mean, I've, maybe we can do that on a podcast when I can go back and look at those. And yeah, but I mean, yeah, we'll it, do that. I mean, yeah. but for the sake of what we're talking about, because I yeah. mean, we see this trend where you right. you kind of don't hear much about it, and then another news event happens, and the media's all over it, and boom, we got everybody. Oh, the end of the world again! It's coming now. Yeah. Which again, we were just you were just saying that we don't bring these up because we are like, come on, people, wake up, you're so dumb or anything no, like no, that. No no, 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 it's the fact that we were stuck in that, and we what, were stuck in that for what years. What brought me out of uh, that mentality was the fact that after so many years of you know supposedly studying word and nothing really happening uh-huh. in in my world. I thought, wait a minute, I've been to studies, Bible studies, conferences, went to see famous people that wrote books about being left behind, all these events and different studies. Why isn't anything happening? And the more I started thinking about what it said and whom the Word of God was speaking to, Mm -hmm. I thought, wait a minute, there's something fishy right here. Am I stuck in a traditional way of belief because... my Parents and my grandparents and whoever else before me thought that way it was taught to me. I think the world you're looking for is a paradigm. You're stuck in a paradigm. I'm stuck in a paradigm, bro. Yeah. And yeah. I was afraid to get out of the paradigm. Why? That's scary. It's scary. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's very scary. Oh, yeah. man. That's it. They're, you know, I'm going to be you're, a heretic now. You're I'm heretic, gonna be, you're demonized. You know, you're demonized. You're, you're, you're not a real Christian. Exactly. You know, that kind of stuff, yeah. And you got to ignore that. You just got to yeah. say, you know what, that's... I know my relationship with Christ, and nobody else can judge that. Right. I know where I'm at. I know where I need to areas I need to work on, 
In areas I don't, I know, but I know I belong to Christ. Period. Amen. 100%. Amen. You Amen. know when you belong to Christ. Right. But you also, the problem is, it's just like the Pharisees of old, you can get so stuck in your ways. Uh-huh. Because what they were it was correct in the old covenant, but it right. was not correct when Christ came along and the new covenant was coming into effect. Mm-hmm. He was trying to he was trying to wake them up out of their slumber, and they would wouldn't wake because they're so stuck in their paradigm they couldn't get out of it. Right, right, right. And look how hard it was for Peter. He yeah, had a tough time with that, didn't he? Yep. What do you mean new covenant? What do you mean? We don't keep the Mosaic law, or not not the Mosaic law, but the ceremonial, the ceremonial law. laws, right. right? Right. The Levitical laws dealing with eating of meat and all of that. What do you mean we don't do that anymore? We've been doing that for a thousand years, to, to a couple thousand years, you know, probably about fifteen hundred years at the time. Yeah, I mean, now all of a sudden it's, everything's going to change. What makes you right and everybody else wrong? I mean, could you see them asking Christ that? Oh yeah, you know, you heard it all. Yeah, and and so it's it's. Yeah, that's the scary thing. But the problem is is that uh, you don't interpret the Bible through the evening news. Yeah. You don't interpret the Bible by what you see happening around you in your circumstances. That's mm-hmm. the wrong way to interpret it. You have to stay with the timing statements, the audience relevancy, and the exegete of the text. That's how you draw it out that's mm-hmm. how you figure it out and people are leaving the the true exegete of the all of the discourse course text and they're taking something that was said by christ that generation would experience and they're transporting it to our generation and saying no our generation is the one that's supposed to experience that mm-hmm. well no it doesn't matter what you're seeing. It doesn't matter how many signs you think you're seeing being fulfilled. Right. That is totally and utterly ir- irrelevant <laughs> if it is eisegesis, if it's put into the text. Or it's only irrelevant if you completely ignore the timing statements especially and the audience rele- relevancy. Mm-hmm. It makes anything we see that we think is being fulfilled completely and utterly void and irrelevant. We have to stay with how the text is written. Now, some things I want to debunk also. This whole thing about, you know, 144,000, the 24 elders, you know, what they are. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about what they are for a moment. Why were there seven churches in, in uh, Revelation chapters 2 and 3? Hmm. Seven is the number of perfection. That's right. So it's talking about the perfecting of the church. It's talking about sanctification, that whole whole, whole portion right there. That's not prophetic. It's not, I don't believe it's seven church periods and all that. No, it was seven physical churches back then, mm-hmm. and Christ was sending a message that, okay, we're at the beginning of this whole thing, and what the church is going to have to do, the church is going to have to mature and work toward a maturity, a perfection mm-hmm. of sanctification. We're not there yet. But that was Christ's instruction. Mm-hmm. You've got to find, you got to know yourself, church. You got to know where your weak areas are, where your problems are, and you've got to work on them, and you've got to sanctify, and you've got to work toward spiritual perfection. That's what the church is supposed to do. That's all that's saying. 
What about the 24 elders that are in chapter 4? What are they? They're the 24 high priests of Israel. That's right. You go to 1 Chronicles 24, they're listed by name. In 1 Chronicles 24, why are they task, casting crowns before Christ's feet? Because they're not high priests anymore. No, they were they're, pretty much... They're, they're relinquishing, relinquishing the fact, the fact right. that Jesus Christ is, not is the, high the, the high priest. Yeah. That's all that is. That's right. We overthink it. That's all that is. They're saying, he's high priest now. Jesus Christ is high priest. We're not anymore. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. Well, what about the 140,000? Isn't there 144,000 Jews that are supposed to come out and start evangelizing the world? That didn't happen in the first century. Okay, 144,000 is a symbolic number, just like every number in the book of Revelation. They're all symbolic. 12 times 12 is 144. 12 tribes of Israel, 12 apostles equals 144. What's it saying? It's saying that the church was physical Israel in the Old Covenant, it's spiritual Israel in the New Covenant, which is the New Covenant church, and the 144,000, or the church as a whole, Mm -hmm. would go out and evangelize the world. It's just a reference to the Great Commission and the fact that the church has to go out and preach the Great Commission. It's not 144,000 physical Jews somewhere over there in Israel. If you look at Romans, it's clear. We are spiritual Jews. Yeah. So the 144,000 Jews is you and me, all believers, all true believers in Christ are part of the 144,000. But there's more of us than the 144,000. doesn't matter. It's a symbolic number. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> you don't limit it to 144,000. Yeah, yeah. What about the thousand-year reign of Christ? Mm. In the, at the, okay. It's also symbolic. Thousand years means multiple thousands of years. It means a lo- very, very long period of time yeah. the church would reign supreme in this world. Yeah. That's what it means. We overcomplicate the book of Revelation. We make it so mystical. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's symbolic. Yeah. And the symbolism can be understood when you go back to the Old Covenant and you look at how the Old Covenant is written. The symbolism in the Old Covenant tells you the symbolism in the book of Revelation. If you don't know the Old Covenant, you're not going to know the book of Revelation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, got in for, but I had a vision from the Lord. It told me whether... No. No. It wasn't the Lord. <laughs> no. But I consulted, uh, you know, this numero- num- numerology that they put all these numbers together and, and we figured out that the rapture's going to occur on this. No. No. A thousand times. No. That's not how it works. <laughs> that is not how it works. Oh, man. You know, but I mean, we're hearing this again. And I'm, yeah. we just got rid of it. I mean, it, that stuff went silent for a while. And you and I were going, oh, good, finally. Yeah. But that, yeah. now it's like raising its head again. And, yeah, and it, you know, it's because mm. of the you know, COVID-19 and all that. Oh, see? There'll be yeah. diseases around the world. It, it, has anybody ever heard of the Black Plague? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we have a 99% chance of surviving COVID. Jeez. I mean, come on. Not only that, folks. the Bible talks about plagues. Hello. How many times 
plagues have been around forever. Egypt had a few plagues back in the yes. old covenant, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. I mean, come on. So did all this stuff that's in, in chapters 4 through 19, which is in the book of Revelation, talks about the tribulation, the great tribulation. So mm-hmm. the way the book, book breaks down, you have... The introduction to the book, which tells us, it, it's, it's the introduction, chapter one, the introduction to the book is kind of like an index to the book. It, it kind of, chapter one kind of tells you that the whole summary of the book, mm-hmm. what it's about, what it's for. And it tells you very clearly two things. Number one, that the book of Revelation isn't about apocalypse, it's about Jesus Christ. Who is the re- yeah. who is Jesus Christ resurrected? Who is he? What is he? What what right. what is he? You know, that's what it's about. And number two, it tells you a timing statement. Mm-hmm. Very first verse: the revelation of Jesus Christ. Which, it's, so it's a revelation of Jesus. Who's a, who's it a revelation of? The Lord Jesus Christ. Him. It's not a revelation of apocalyptic events, or the. It's not a revelation of the Antichrist, which, by the way, there is no the Antichrist. There are many Antichrists. Antichrist, yeah, yeah. There was the beast, which was Nero, the Roman emperor. Right. That was the beast. Um, and it says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants, timing statement, things which must shortly come to pass. Now, what does shortly mean? 2,000 plus years from their time, bro. So, brother... To us now? Brother, that like that, that money I owe you, uh-huh. I'll pay it to you shortly. Wow, cool. Tell me, yeah. You can wait a couple thousand years. A couple thousand money, years, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really? Does anybody actually really believe that? Does anybody believe that? If you do... I'm sorry, I can't help you. Uh, and he sent and he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. So the very first verse of the book of Revelation tells us what the book is about. Yep. Yep. You read the whole chapter, it really tells you what it's about. So chapter two and three, he's talking to the seven churches, saying, "Look, you go, you're going to have to go through a perfecting, um, a, a perfecting uh, deal, and it's going to be very painful, church." Sanctification of the church is going to be extremely hard and extremely painful, but you're going to have to go through it. That's chapters 2 and 3. Chapter 4 through 19, he's going to start talking about the tribulation, great tribulation. The things that he said would shortly come about, 4 through 19, was talking about, um, here's what you need to look for, here's what you need to do, here's what, you know, when you see the... Armies yeah. surround Israel. You got to get out of there. Yeah. The abomination of desolation. You That's know, right. Matthew twenty four, Luke twenty one. Luke twenty one tells us what that abomination of desolation is. It's when the Roman armies surrounded Jerusalem in sixty three A.D. Mm-hmm. And that was a sign to that generation: get out of Jerusalem. Run to the hills. <laughs> exactly. And then you get into once you get past nineteen, you got twenty and twenty one. And that's talking about divine judgment, which a lot of these people in the Kabbalah are going to face. They're going to face their God, and he's not going to be happy. 
Great, great right throne judgment. Uh huh. And right. 21 is talking about eternity. What does eternity look like? It looks like redemption. That's all it's saying. Yeah. It looks like redemption. Well, what about the, isn't there supposed to be a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven and landing on the earth? And, folks, symbolic. Yeah. The new yep. Jerusalem is the church. <laughs> the old Jerusalem was, you know, the sacrificial, um, um, economy of the, of Israel, you know, in Genesis through Malachi, that was the old the old Jerusalem, right, where they sacrificed animals, looking forward to the coming Messiah. The new Jerusalem is the new covenant church. That's mm. all. It, when right. you look at the symbolism of it, you know, the twelve um, foundations are the twelve apostles, right, and then the twelve gates are the twelve tribes of Israel. And I mean, it, it's it's this. Dry, describing a physical building for the purpose of knowing that we humans have a hard time catching the understanding sometimes. So he, get, he painted a picture for us, a physical building that represented things so that we could understand it better, so that we could get it. Yeah. God knows we're dense, and we have to have pictures and things like that. The, the picture of a building to kind of understand <laughs> what's going on, because if he went pure spiritual terms, we would be totally lost. You know? Yeah. But, because we're dense. Yeah. That's, that's the book of Revelation in a nutshell. So the bulk of the book is talking about events that occurred between 63 and 70 A.D., and all that stuff really occurred? Yeah. Read Josephus. Mm. The War of the Jews. It's all laid out right there. You you laid a 4 through 19 of the book of Revelation next to the War of the Jews that Josephus wrote 2,000 years ago, and they run parallel. Mm -hmm. They run exactly parallel. Joseph was describing everything that was in all of the discourse, everything in the book of Revelation, yeah. uh, for the tribulation, great tribulation, Josephus is laying it out right there in his historical writings. He was a historian writing about the events as they were going down, as they were occurring. He was writing about them. And he sits down and look at it and you go, holy cow. I mean, not holy cow because we don't have any holy cows. That's Hinduism. But, uh, <laughs> but good night. I mean, this is, this is, they're, they're running right parallel with each oh, other. Oh, it's you know? mind-blowing, bro. And everything was fulfilled. All that stuff was fulfilled in the first century. That's right. And That's you right. and I have been able to prove it several times to people. Yes. You know? Yes. I can, I can go through passage after passage after passage shows that all that stuff was fulfilled in the first century. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is that once you do that study and you really understand and realize what the Bible is really pointing to and what it's talking about, man, everything makes sense. As to opposed to when we were from a dispensational, you know, view, a worldview, nothing really made sense. No, it still, didn't. Everything was still like, oh, man, man. I was I was listening to mystical stuff going, oh, man, yeah. that's what's coming. Oh, UFOs must be this and uh, you know, all this kind exactly. of stuff. Uh, oh, aliens aren't really aliens. So-and-so is the Antichrist. Ah. Yeah, so-and-so is the Antichrist. And aliens are demons that are here to deceive us. And I mean, I know all Y2K. Those... All the computers are going to go down. The light's going <laughs> to shut off. Yeah, I remember Y2K. Remember that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I've been down that road. I've been through all that. I had all the sophistication of, yeah. oh, I got this thing figured out, and I didn't. I wasn't even, yeah. I was wholly clueless. 
I had no clue. You and I, bro. Yeah. yeah. Now, remember, the Bible has two themes. Number one, redemption. Number two, the kingdom of God. Amen. That's the two themes of the Bible. That's it. The Bible doesn't tell us what's going on everywhere else in the universe. People say, well, it's not in the Bible. It can't be true. Really? Are atoms and quarks and gravity and all that in the Bible? Where can I find an internal combustion engine in, a, in the Bible? Where can I, what passage is that? Right, right. No! The Bible has a specific focus and a specific purpose, and it doesn't tell us everything. There's a lot we don't know about this universe. Got to remember that, folks. A lot we don't know. That's right. So where are we right now? We're in the unknown. Yeah. And that's exciting to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're in the unknown. We don't know what it. God's going to do next. No. But he's going to do that's, something. That's the beauty of it all. Yeah. You know, the beautiful thing is that we're set for eternity. Oh, that's fabulous. Oh, yeah. That's the, that's the main thing, right? Redemption. Yeah. We know what redemption is. We know what the church is. And we got eternity to look forward right. to. And, and we like don't... you said, we must face the unknown now. And the beautiful thing is, guess what? God's still in control. He's in control. That's and all that's unknown. And I think people are really feeling that unknown really heavy right now. Yeah, sure. Sure. And so the people are trying to come out and start making predictions. Oh, well, this is all, this is all in the yeah. Bible. And mm-hmm. This is all in all of the discourse. This is all in the book of Revelation. This is in you know Isaiah and Ezekiel. No, it's not. It's the unknown. Yeah. Get used to it. You know? Because you're not going to be able to comfort yourself by saying, oh, well, we know what's going on. Yeah. No, you don't. And neither do I. You don't know what's going on. <laughs> Good stuff. I you love know? it. But if you're leaning on the sovereignty and providence of God, you're, not, you're totally relaxed. Yeah. Because you know whatever is going on, it's out of those two, two chapters in Revelation 2 and 3 where God is perfecting the church. Whatever is going on is for the purpose of maturing and perfecting the church. That's what's, that's mm. what's going on. That's right. And we don't know what that's looking like in the next 10 years, next mm-hmm. 100 years, next 1,000 years. We don't know. God does. But why do we have to know? We don't have to know. Who are we? Are we, are we running the plan? No, God is. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show, folks. God is doing his work. We do what he told us to do, which is really very, very simple. But he, he didn't give us a task that was above us. And no, I don't believe the church is going to be hanging on by a fingernail for Christ to come and rescue out of a rapture. No. If he said he's going to perfect the church... And Daniel's prophecy stated that the church was going to be that mountain that would crush all nations and would dominate as the final kingdom on this earth. Then mm. that's not a church hanging on by the fingernails and a ship going down. Mm. No. That's a church triumphant. Amen. And powerful. That's where we're heading. I know that much. Good that's stuff. where we're heading. Good so, stuff. you know. The passages that people think are talking about a rapture are not talking about a rapture. They're talking about the final coming of Christ. Yeah. That's what they're talking about. 
and then passages that they, they, they think are talking about the, the second coming of Christ are actually talking, or the final coming of Christ, I should say, are actually talking about his judgment in 70 AD. Yes. <laughs> it's talking about his judgment in 70 mm-hmm. AD. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Matthew 24, Luke 21, 21. Mm-hmm. Mark 13, Revelation 4 through 19. Those are specific to that time period in that place. And why? Why was that such a big theme and so important? Because the temple had to come down. It was the last remnant of the old covenant left. And they were bringing the gospel and Christ to an open shame by doing sacrifices in that temple in Jerusalem and after Christ's resurrection. And that had to come down. God had to judge that. He had to destroy it. They were stuck in that paradigm. They couldn't get out. They didn't recognize what was happening right in front of their eyes. And God had to bring that whole thing down. And he did in AD 70. He did it exactly the way he said. Right. He said, no one knows the time and the place. Right. But he did tell the Sanhedrin, when he was before them, Christ, you will see it. Right. Coming in the air. Right. You will be there. <laughs> right. And I've gone through that passage a number of yeah. times. Yes. Yeah. He told the Sanhedrin, you're yeah. you're going to see the judgment. Yeah. You're going to you see, see the Son of Man in the clouds. You're going to see the Son of Man coming in the clouds in judgment. In judgment, yep. Oh, well, they would see him from uh, down in the, in the hell. 2,000 years from now, bro. No, no. <laughs> they were the subject of the judgment. <laughs> he was telling them, you're the ones who are going to be judged. You're the ones that are going to be judged when he comes in the clouds. And you read Josephus, and what does he say? He records that there all kinds of witnesses were seeing mm-hmm. battles going on in the clouds, yeah. in the heavens, at the same time that the Roman army was going into Jerusalem. Yeah. Yep. Holy moly. <laughs> right? <laughs> yep, yep. I mean... Oh, yeah. Do your research, folks. Yeah. We got to stop being lazy. This is not a time period to be lazy. No. You can't be no, lazy. Right. We're going through a huge paradigm shift all the way around the world right now. We are facing a huge paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. If we're not paying attention, we're going we're gonna to get caught with a whirlwind. You're going to wake up one day and go, what the just happened? Mm-hmm. Because everything just changed in the world. Yes, that's where we're heading. Mm-hmm. If you're not paying mm-hmm. attention, you're going to get caught by surprise. Good stuff. And it's not going to be a rapture or you know tribulation period and all that. Yeah. No, that's not what it's going to be. It's going to be something God's doing. It's another corner that's being turned in, in mm-hmm. the history of the church. And the church is about to hit a, get a booster rocket attached to it, and it's about right. to take off with another. I, I'm going to compare this to the Reformation. Mm, that's good. God used Martin Luther to spark a fire that became a, ruka, roof, uh, a rocket booster that boosted the church, and we have never been the same since. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther changed the world forever yep. with what he did. That's right. And the church has been affected by it ever since on yeah. a, in a positive way. Yeah. Okay? 
I firmly believe we are going through a similar situation today. Mm. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know where it's going to propel the church, but I know the church is about to get a boost from God. That's what I firmly believe. Good stuff, brother. Good stuff. Other than that, we got no, nothing else to say, right? <laughs> um, not not that we could fit into this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, good stuff. We covered a lot. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, brother. Appreciate your time. And uh, folks, stay encouraged. And uh, we challenge you. We encourage you. Hey, dig into the you know God's word. Get in there and apply the principles of uh, of the proper context. Audience revelance, culture, ap- apocalyptic language. You know, get in the mindset of what they were experiencing at that time. Because right. trust me, it's gonna make a lot more sense putting yourself in their time in that first right. century mindset and right. whom Christ was talking to, the church, pointing to the church, Christ being redemption, all that stuff. So we encourage you on that. Other than that, uh, always go check out our YouTube channel, Facebook. We even got a Twitter, and we're in every pla- every platform when it comes to podcasting. You can find us just Google or I should say Bing. Owen or Doug Doug Go, the word looks apologetic and it'll come up. Yep. Any closing thoughts, brother? If not, close us out. I would recommend getting the app of uh, Duck, Duck Go and using it that way. Yes, definitely. That, that way, definitely. You, you completely sidestep Google. Google. And you won't be tracked. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they won't track you. So. Yeah. And you find better information. Most definitely. All right. So. Thanks for listening, everyone. We appreciate all of you. Uh, share this podcast if you if you like it, even if you don't agree with it, but you're blessed by it. Please tell others about it, and uh, we hope to be a blessing and a strength to everyone. Other than that, uh, remember keep your mind sharp and your uh, heart pure. And we'll see you next. Podcast. You'll catch you on the flip side. You have been listening to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. It's a blessing to have you. We hope that you continue to enjoy the future episodes and to tune in and share away with others that might be interested. Uh, we wanted to thank our families for supporting us, especially our wives. Put up with us. They allow us to have time to study and spend time uh, in the Word of God, and uh, in return, they help us as well and they keep us accountable. It's a blessing to have them in our lives. So we want to especially thank them. I uh, also want to thank uh, our church, uh, our friends, and uh, the men's study that we have that we continue to encourage, be encouraged about. Uh, we want to thank all these people because they support us and pray for us, and uh, it's a blessing to have them. Other than that, I hope you continue to enjoy the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Uh, We will talk to you soon. More episodes to come your way. Other than that, I'm out. We're out. God bless you.